Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're talking to a life-affirming tech leader who is passionate about making social impact at scale. Our guest, Mimi Liu, the CTO at Fireflies Health, joins us to tell us about the great work she and her team are doing and her leadership journey to where she is now. So let's not delay. Let's get Mimi into the space to share her enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome, Mimi. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Brilliant. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Mimi Liu. I'm CTO, COO of Firefly Health. Um, my background's in engineering um, and have really been at the intersection of healthcare and tech for the entirety of my career. And it's been quite a ride. Brilliant. Love it. So we'll go into that in a minute because I'm really intrigued by the company you work for and the noble cause that you're actually doing. So this is a beautiful combination of technology making a difference for people's lives. And of course, you're leading the tech in that space. But before we jump into that, what's your journey to this point here? You've, you're at this kind of lovely position of being a CTO, tech leader. What was the journey like here? I started out really thinking that I would go into electrical engineering. I loved building things with my hands. And then I realized I'm a commitment phobe and um, software engineering would really kind of keep more doors open for me. And I could theoretically hop from one industry to another as I please. But it's funny, in reality, I've been, as I said, in health tech the entirety of my career, but <laughs> that's at yeah. least my initial thinking there. Um, so yeah. So Mimi, it sounds like you had a pretty clear idea, well, a fairly clear idea, and you kind of got there. Was it quite smooth sailing to tech leadership, or was it was there lots of kind of undulations and kind of uh, different tangents? Yeah, I mean, I, I had the benefit of really stumbling into my first job, um, you know, not really knowing what I wanted, um, but found myself um, really immersed in this organization that really valued kind of investing in people. And so I would say, you know, Unlike, I think, your typical bifurcated engineering track these days, um, I spent, you know, the formative parts of my career in a company where you were often encouraged to kind of grow in your leadership and management capabilities while you also grew your technical capabilities. So I oh. really enjoyed that. That worked really well for me um, in terms of like being able to stretch across a couple of different fronts at the same time. So I didn't feel like I had a hard and fast point where I really had to kind of make that sort of choice like leadership or stay techie. Um, so that, um, you know, that I think was really, really well suited to what I wanted at that point in my career. Um, and I think really eased the transition yeah. into leadership for me. I, and I'm really curious actually for the tech leaders out there and people that are uh, leading companies, because um, I find that a, a really enlightening way of running a company to allow people to actually have a, a taste of all these different things. It's like, it's like a, a mixed bag, you know? Uh, and what, what did that actually look like? Um, was, was it like a program that the company had or was it, um, or was it just kind of random? It just kind of emerged that way. I think it was more out of this 
a philosophy that I really espouse still today around like really trying to develop player coaches, right? So, and technology changes so quickly that there's value in actually investing in your and sharp, keeping your technical skills sharp so that you can be effective in coaching, right? At some point like that, you know, becomes untenable, but certainly early in people's careers, I think is really important to kind of um, espouse this idea of like, look, like to, to really be able to coach folks well, like you have to like have some rooting to the ground truth. Um, and over time, I've done that over longer periods, right? Like alternating between, you know, management and leadership. And, you know, for example, when I jumped from my first job to a startup, you know, I actually re-immersed myself in technology and that was phenomenal. Um, and I feel like that sort of cycling through is, is um, really powerful. Yeah. And uh, I can't help noticing that you did electrical engineering at MIT. <laughs> and uh, and I have to confess, I, I guess there's other people in the audience, but we have this image of MIT as being this kind of like absolutely kind of a pinnacle of uh, one of the many pinnacles in the world of, uh, you know, where people go and people that come out of it, they're different, you know. Um, so what was it like doing that electrical engineering at a great institute like that? I mean, I, I do think it was geek heaven for me. It was, it was, I had a tremendous time there, um, met incredible people. And I think there was a whole ethos of like curiosity and going into it. And I feel like it shaped me as a problem solver in really wonderful ways. That being said, there were also points where, you know, it was challenging. Um, you know, MIT is a really diverse organization overall. I love the idea of uh, of that kind of diversity of kind of different people, but but also um, my experience of MIT um, is is that they are they do think very openly. Uh, there's a I, I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, Theory U Theory U came out of MIT, and that's really out there, really powerful. I've used it in facilitated sessions, and I found that really amazing that a university of that stature was looking at something what I would consider to be quite fringe. Yeah, yeah, I think there are a lot of really interesting things. I, I particularly love my studies that blended disciplines. Again, this is going to be a theme, right, for me. Yes. Um, health tech is like a really interesting intersection that I ended up in. But early days, I actually thought the intersection of art and technology was where I wanted to go to. Um, wow. So I bounced around a little bit. Um, but like, you know, Media Lab just is a really phenomenal place um, that kind of sits at the intersection of those two disciplines. Um, and even though I didn't go down that path, I think it still shapes how I think about problem solving, creativity and healthcare. Okay, so thank you for that, Mimi. Now let's kind of come to the company that you're working for. What does your company do and what problem is it solving in the market? The mission of Firefly is really to deliver half-price healthcare that's twice as good, clinically wow. and emotionally. Um, and, you know, we do that by basically being a virtual first health plan and we also offer clinical services um, and the aim is to really provide superior care and convenience that while dramatically reducing cost um, and I know that sounds pretty lofty right <laughs> pretty grandiose but I really truly believe it's achievable and that's thanks to the level of dysfunction in the U.S. healthcare system right unlike most industries cost and quality aren't really tied together and so I think they're just tremendous opportunity to kind of make a huge social impact in what we do. Yeah, I love this, how technology is come, is being innovative in the way in which you can work within the system. Because, I mean, without getting all political and looking at what should happen, what shouldn't happen, because it's, it's a complex situation. Um, but, um, but, but I love this technology coming, coming to the rescue and finding those ways and feedback loops and stuff like that. So in terms of your platform then, I mean, what, what does that look like? Can you describe that to the audience? Yeah, so... You know, I, I really think about the platform we're building as operating system of what we're trying to do, right? If you think about a lot of 
um, healthcare services. You have people who either come from traditional healthcare or trying to solve problems from a technical angle or know what operational excellence looks like. And I, what I love about what we're doing at Firefly is, you know, we're kind of melting those th things together and creating cohesive, seamless experience by bringing those disciplines and cultures together in a way that isn't typical in healthcare, right? Um, and so, you know, on the technology front, we're trying to, you know, what I say to my team a whole lot is, like we're here to really ensure that you know the superpowers of our clinicians and of our operators um, comes out and they're able to do their best work because we've built them tools to allow that to kind of shine through versus I think so much of healthcare is you know um, just like dissipated heat right energy doesn't go towards a better patient experience yes um, so to do that not just for the clinical care experience but also the financial journey that people go through because that is also just horrendous for yes. most people, at least in the US. Um, and so trying to kind of dovetail those two parts of healthcare experience together and tackle that holistically, I think is just incredibly energizing. Yeah, absolutely. I love this uh, analogy that you can use that, that kind of heat being dissipated in the kind of wrong directions. It's There's a lot of energy and there's a lot of potential, but it's just not going in the right direction. And and. Just out of curiosity, do you do you work with the 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 companies that are providing this care and and the kind of uh, the various governing bodies and stuff to kind of figure this out, or is this kind of just sitting at the kind of edges and and seeing where the opportunities are? Yeah, Firefly has a medical group, so we have clinicians who are you know part of Firefly, and we work hand in hand across the clinical team, technology team, the operations team the growth team and like we all come together and it's really cross-functional and I think that's going to be what makes the difference here right is you know you know my husband's a doctor so I feel like I can say this but like they don't go through medical school with like you know business training right like so like you know a lot of them when they first step into kind of the practice of medicine like just building is is a bit of a surprise and like <laughs> yes. um and so you know if you're able to and that's kind of the reality of like you know there's so many wonderful minds and like big hearted people who go into you know, trying to improve healthcare but it's it's these like little things that that get in the way like okay how how does you know access to care is often not operational you know challenge um mm. you know how does billing get in the way of actual patient experience around their care, all these things. Yeah. I, I'm just optimistic that like the tools that we're building into our platform are making these things, um, you know, fading kind of those concerns into the background and letting kind of the patient be much more at the center of what clinicians and, you know, the rest of our um, team gets to focus on. Excellent. I love that. It, I, I hear efficiency in that. And I hear more space to do what you want to do, which is for doctors is actually to kind of care about it and have those kind of conversations. I, I love this idea of taking away the pain. Um, other CTOs that we listen to where they they automate certain parts of the process that nobody really wants to do, you know, to be honest. But to, but to kind of take that away from people, it allows people to be more creative, you know. So that's excellent. Yeah. I love this. And um, and coming to the kind of the the end user, the actual uh, patients, the, the people that you're kind of caring for. I mean, what's the impact that the company's had so far? What's Has the te technology been kind of a, an easy, smooth ride and easy for people to engage in that? Yeah, I mean, I we're really metrics driven. Um, so we've invested a whole lot in kind of building out not just a technology stack in terms of 
transactional store and building workflows on top of that that support the workflows that our clinicians need. Um, but we also have invested in an analytics stack, right? And the two, the transactional store, the analytics store, I think really kind of are, you know, um, like two halves of the same coin for us because we're so data driven to be like, how do we, you know, essentially automate the process of kind of prioritizing the work that's really valuable to drive clinical impact and cost yeah. um, reduction? And how do we follow through that on kind of the workflow side? And, and so I think those two halves together become really critical. Yeah, I like it. And uh, what you said earlier on is that um, uh, twice the value for half the price, you know? And how, just again, being the curious monster I am, how far away are you from that kind of ideal goal? I mean, our roots are really in excellent clinical care. We have, you know, two our two co-founders, um, Andy and Jeff, um, are world-class clinicians. And so they really kind of incubated this idea of a clinical model that fits kind of today versus in its, you know, the fundamental model of primary care hasn't changed yeah. very much. Um, hasn't really caught up with like what we're capable of delivering from a tech perspective, from like a operations perspective. And so, um, you know, we've already proven out you know, that we can kind of scale a model where, you know, for example, you know, we have just um, compared to industry baselines, just like much better understanding and ability to control, you know, um, you know, you know, keep diabetics under control, keep hypertensives um, under control, manage their um, yeah. blood pressure. Um, and so we have really concrete data about like, okay, when's the last time we got a reading right for, for either of those populations and how confident can we be that we're managing you know because uh, you know diabetes is a really good example where you know the whole ounce of prevention right like you know keeping your diabetes un under control versus like having it spin out of control and you know getting your foot amputated in the hospital i mean that's not just a cost issue that's yes. like huge quality of life issue right yes yeah so, how we go from you know what andy likes to say like sick care like where you're reacting to kind of things going wrong versus shifting to more health care like you're an proactively managing the health of patients yes um, I think that's where data becomes huge and we've already seen the beginnings of that and proving that out brilliant i love it i love this idea of preempting stuff and actually it's reminding me about me cutting down my sugar and stuff like that i need some form, i need some form of feedback loop you know uh, to do that but i love this it's kind of making a difference uh, to people's lives but also you know there's kind of business aspect to this as well which uh, which i love as well kind of marrying the two so coming now back to yourself then mimi okay what's that thing that makes you jump out of bed in the morning what's your passion <laughs> um i I mean, my passion in life is really driving lasting social impact at scale. Um, you know, if I'm, my other passion obviously is my family as well. And so if I'm gonna kind of take time away from my family, it really feels like it needs to have purpose. Yeah. And so what I really enjoy is like finding kind of meaningful work and purpose and helping others, you know, set them up for success so that they can kind of feel that same purpose and accomplishment and impact in, in their day-to-day -day work. Um, I, I think that is, you know, I, I think the top two things that when people have studied this that kind of drive satisfaction at work are kind of purpose yeah. and good manager. And I think those are frankly two areas I feel like I, I really try to invest in. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. That's, that's great. And now coming on to your leadership, because obviously your passion kind of comes out in your leadership. What, how do you roll as a leader? What's your style? 
Yeah, I've, I've really espoused this idea of team of teams in a typically hierarchical organization. Um, it's, it's a lot of like command and control, right? Like mm. the few coming up with like brilliant ideas and then you pushing that through and people just kind of like executing on that. Um, vision and strategy. And I think given, I mean, just especially kind of COVID, you see kind of the rate at which change happens, right? And mm. for organizations to be adaptable over the long term, you really need to kind of build a culture where it's not just about a select few making really hard decisions, you know, on their own, but how do you give um, the broader organization enough information and context so that as they're close to kind of the day-to-day -day decisions and the ground truth, they're able to make the most informed um, decisions for their work. And I think, you know, again, this comes back to like the diversity of like, you know, strength and diversity and perspectives is, is you know, I think there's a lot more value that an organization can reap from kind of like what they're trying to do if, if you know, you can get to that point culturally. Brilliant. I love it. And do you have a hidden purpose in your leadership? Is there something underneath it all that drives your leadership? Um, I've found that um, an orientation towards growth, I think, is what excites me personally. And I think is some of the most, um, what underlies some of my most rewarding experiences as a leader and manager is um, working with someone who similarly oriented towards growth and you can give them just a little bit of a tab around reframing how they're thinking about something or suggesting just little you know changes in how they approach even kind of like collaboration or communication and you just see kind of that multiply into like you know like tremendous hmm. um, tremendous growth in that person and their ability to drive impact in a way that you couldn't even you know didn't even expect yes um, that is incredibly rewarding. <laughs> I love it. I love this. It's like so. Um, I kind of refer to it sometimes that kind of uh, powerful nudge. You know, you're not yeah. you're not pushing them. It's just a, you know, go on, you can do it. You know, and I, I love that. And the trajectory that kind of uh, emerges from that. Uh, you know, after a period of time is is wonderful to see. So as a tech leader, Mimi, I can imagine there's lots of stuff going on. You know, it's a very complex world. Lots of responsibility, and what have you. What's the thing that keeps you up at night? I sleep very well, um, but I think <laughs> where I find myself uh, spending a lot of calories when it comes to work is thinking about change managing leading through change is incredibly incredibly hard um but important at the same time right yeah. again the broader backdrop of covid um you know just for some context i've been at firefly about a year and a half i joined um right when covid was starting to surge before people really understood kind of the gravity of what was what, what was to come um, and especially in the line of business that, you know, Firefly started from a point of offering virtual first primary and specialty care. And so um, I remember before I joined, really asking myself, like, it, are people ready for virtual first care? And then it was funny to kind of like start, you know, right at the start of COVID in this new yes. role. Um, and all of a sudden, a lot of things were changing. And to be fair, you know, I was very fortunate and kind of there was a lot about COVID that gave Firefly um, you know, tailwinds. Um, nonetheless, I think there was a lot of like, you know, instantly, you know, kind of the landscape of healthcare changed overnight. And so how you give people a sense of how that impacts them and how you manage kind of like the questions and, and unknowns that come with a lot of change. Um, it's just a very human thing, right? To feel unanchored and in kind of moments of, you know, 
disruption like that. Um, and so I think that's where good leadership can have a huge role. Brilliant. And what makes that easier? What are the things that your teams, maybe they're listening to this podcast in the future, uh, or your kind of uh, your peers in the leadership? What's the thing that makes that that aspect of your leadership role easier? Um, again, I mean, first thing that comes to mind is great people, right? Like if there are people that like, you know, like you can build like a shared culture and, you know, where you're kind of helping each other, right? And again, there's a cultural value around growth, then there's like, you know, it, it's less about a fear of the change and more about a focus on the opportunity that comes with change, right? Like yes. a friend of mine coined this you know, crisis-tunity is like a combination of crisis and opportunity. I love it. I love that. And and I I think that's real, right? Like, um, you know, you can either focus on kind of, you know, the the fear that comes with change. And I think that's natural, but I think parlaying that nervous energy into kind of like optimism and kind of, you know, forward energy, I think is, is, I love that. That makes it a lot easier. I'm going to copy yeah. that. I'm going, to, I'm going to reference your friend. I'm going to reference you. <laughs> Crisis tunity. Love it. Because you're right. I mean, that's change occurs. There is an opportunity. This is where evolution uh, works really well. It finds the gaps. It just inherently knows uh, where it's going to thrive. So that's brilliant. Um, and what makes you? What makes this job harder? What What are the things, the blockers out there that do make more of a challenge of it? One thing I've certainly learned from COVID, and I kind of knew, but really was underscored with COVID was everyone responses to stress differently, right? And so like putting my engineer hat on, I want a pattern match. I want to come up with an algorithm that just works for everybody. And it just doesn't, right? People are people. They're unique, quirky, you know, different in so many ways. Um, you know, they're tones for risk, for change, all of that, you know, um, and, and also inconveniently, they evolve over time, right? So even if you think you have a mental model of <laughs> how people yeah. work, you know, that's not necessarily going to be true after, you know, a period of even a week or a month or how, yeah. how long. Um, and so I think, you know, certainly I've learned this the hard way that like thinking about your leadership philosophy and even kind of your strategy and tactics and just lifting it and shifting it to, um, between situations and different groups of people, I think is is an easy trap to fall into. And so what makes it this hard is like really reading the situation and trying to come in with curiosity and to think about how you apply kind of what you've learned to the current context. Excellent, great, great advice, great wisdom there, Mimi. And then this kind of brings us nicely, segues into leading teams. You kind of mentioned some of it already. Um, What's the, what are the kind of tips you have for other tech leaders that you have to share around uh, creating these kind of powerhouses of creativity in your company? I think it helps to be really consistent in communication, right? Um, you know, I've so many times, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how your mind works, at least mine, where I'm like, oh, I put that out there. I'll say something once and then it's like, should be in the general understanding out there, right? And um, it's not true, especially when you're growing really quickly, right? Yes. As we are at Firefly right now, just because something was a sh- shared and kind of in that common kind of understanding doesn't mean that's going to be true um, as the team grows. Yeah. So um, I, I think just like, you know, just kind of picking a couple of themes and really kind of consistently coming back to them, right? Like one of mine recently is subtraction, right? Like the human mind has such a bias towards 
solving problems by adding things. And that's part of why we find ourselves in the state we are in healthcare, because things are additive, nothing gets sunsetted. And then you're like, how can any clinician, much less any person, like operate meaningfully yes. in the yeah. you know, Frankenstein system when it comes to healthcare technology? And so um, getting into this mindset of subtraction, I think is, you know, counters that very natural human bias um, and just finding different ways to send that message whether it's like articles and found or like examples and reinforcing that in different forms um, I think has been pretty successful. Yeah now Mimi I, you've kind of mentioned that your company's growing okay so you imagine there's growing pains in the company I remember when I was a teenager going through these pains they are painful you know what, what are the things that um, that you feel help organizations grow what are the foundations for that growth? I think growth can only happen if you are very intentional investing in people, right? Like, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you're hiring a whole bunch of people only to kind of have that offset by people who are leaving, right? And mm. so um, I think you really need to kind of develop um, the typical kind of, you know, pillars around engagement, around making sure people understand the why behind their work, making sure that they have the right tools or set up for success, um, you know, have good management support, um, that they, um, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, many different things I could speak to there, but I think in aggregate, um, you know, people seeing kind of not just their current role, but like a future at the company where they can see their growth and a career path. Um, to me, that that's huge. And coming back now to your company, um, what, what are the engineering challenges you're facing within that company? Oh man, I would say, um, you know, I, I think my my fondest hope for both the tech and operations team is to achieve operational leverage. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, there was a study recently done where they looked at kind of a 35 year um, stretch in the U.S. I think it was like in the 70s to the 2010s. And they found that like the number of physicians um, or clinicians um, grew maybe 150% over that time period, which you know, population growth was maybe 50% during that yeah. time. So not, you know, understandable growth. Um, administrative roles grew 3,200% during that time. Wow. And I think it's such a great marker for me of like how complex healthcare in the U.S. has gotten over a very short period of time. And so I, I've seen this before play out too in health tech companies where the complexity of what you bite off and try and deliver the experience you're trying to deliver to patients becomes this like unwieldy, it becomes so hard to manage that complexity that I think there's a real potential for technology to kind of help with that. And so I think success to me looks like, you know, we've built the tools to kind of make sure that keeping tight operational control over the things that need to happen. Like TC, if you need to go see, you know, an orthopedist about your knee, do you actually do that, right? Like most referrals yeah. in healthcare just get dropped on the floor and nobody follows up, which is crazy, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so like those, it's just like fundamental things, like counting the number of things that need to happen, making sure that they happen, um, actually can get really unwieldy at scale. And so that just, that's the perfect application of technology. I like that. I, lo I love the idea of the technology being kind of a um, an assistant to make sure that things that need to happen get done. And um, as we come now 
towards, unfortunately, the kind of closing arc of the podcast. I've got some really fun questions here for you and, and some advice for kind of uh, our audience. So if there's any kind of aspiring tech leaders sat out there listening to this podcast, hopefully in their millions, um, what would you say to them? What's worked for you in your journey and what would you suggest that they do to kind of make that, uh, that journey smoother? One thing that's really worked for me is not having a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. <laughs> right. um, and so I, I've, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there who've been like, man, I, I don't know what I want to do with my career next or like, you know, certainly five, 10 years. And so, you know, and my message would be like, that's perfectly fine. Just orient yourself towards what gets you excited. You know, in my case, it was, again, impact at scale. That sort of orientation and being, you know, flexible about everything else has really served me incredibly well. Um, and so I think just reducing the anxiety around trying to have the answers to a lot of those things and just kind of running with the opportunities and finding opportunities for growth, regardless of what situation you're in, um, would really be kind of what I, yeah, would underscore. Brilliant. And as part of your journey, uh, I'm a big fan of books, as as you can see, I've, I've, well, books everywhere. Are there any books that have been gateway books for you or any kind of things that you've watched or seen uh that would uh, would inspire other people to maybe kind of uh, help to find their career. Yeah, I think a lot of what shaped my um, team of teams philosophy, which I shared earlier, was um, the team of teams book by Stanley. Um, he's a retired U.S. Army general, and I just feel like um, the lessons that the military learned in how to manage through change and kind of again empower the boots on the ground. Yes. Um, you know, it's, I think it's pretty trite to kind of take military analogies and try to kind of yeah. <laughs> apply them to organizational change like that. But I, I think there's something really powerful there. Um, I think it goes against a lot of the things that are so easy to kind of fall into, which is like, oh, we need to run fast. We can divide and conquer, right? But like, I, I think, you know, trying to balance kind of the power of scale with like the agility of like small teams, I think is incredibly hard to actually achieve. Yeah. So I got a lot out of the thinking there. Brilliant. I love it. I love the idea of taking things from other cross pollinating ideas from other areas. We had a we had a fighter uh, pilot in the US Air Force on on a previous podcast. And that was just wonderful listening to the, how he was using some of the learning and the techniques, you know, from 30,000 feet, uh, you know, techniques he was using, there, how he uses that in his leadership. So yeah, I totally get it. You know, I think the, these uh, these areas are very inspiring. Now I'm going to pretend to be a genie for a second, Amy. Okay. Imagine me, I've got blue, I've got a ponytail. And I'm going to offer you a wish for your tech leadership. What would that wish be? I would wish that people have the bravery that they need to take the steps that they would know that they ought to take or are are capable of taking, but are afraid to, right? Um, if I had a superpower to kind of like, you know, wave a magic wand and kind of and, and view that yes. in people, I mean, and, and so it's less about kind of like, developing people but just really kind of unblocking them from kind yeah. of like you know the strengths that they they inherently have yeah, yeah. i like that it reminds me of uh, richard branson's book i don't know if you read it called screw it let's do it uh, he had, he had a very, yeah it's a really good book it's a really easy read very thin uh, you can read it in probably uh, you know a couple of hours but uh, what you're asking for is a screw it just do it wand you know so i can get that to you yeah. okay there you go i can't tell you how many talented um people i've, I've met and they just you know, there's so much that goes into, you know, weighing decisions. Um, and, you know, I just feel like, you know, leaning into change and kind of, you know, betting on yourself is yes. huge. 
I totally agree with you. I, yeah, same here as well. You know, it's frustrating watching these people. Interestingly, uh, audience, I used to be one of those kind of people. It took somebody to kind of give me that nudge to kind of get going. And once you get going, it's, it's a lot easier. In fact, the, the, the decision making and the fears you have are a lot bigger than the actual reality, you know, so just do it. So Mimi, thank you for your time. It's been great having you on CTO Confessions. There's been loads of gems and I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast again. And so fun, TC. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, I want to thank everyone that works in the health industry, caring, nurturing and teaching us all to stay at our best health. And of course, it reminds me to have gratitude for my own health and that of my family and the importance of looking after it. I love Mimi's passion for making a social impact and at scale. And what better things to be able to do that than tech? Tech has many sides and the work that Fireflies, Mimi and her team are doing, I can only imagine how fulfilling that must be when it makes a difference to people in the industry and the patients. So what were your key takeaways? These were mine. Number one, Mimi's description about orienting towards growth. Yes, we have fears. Yes, we have crises. But look, see the opportunity in the crises, be it learning something new from which we can deepen that learning and then forward actions or being conjoled into doing things differently. Crises can be an opportunity. My second key takeaway is about diversity in organisations. And we're not talking about the usual ways of talking about diversity, but also the way we are all different. Mimi mentioned about the different ways people deal with stress and change. Embrace their story from a place of understanding and nurturing. Their experience and challenges are real to them. A great leader always meets people where they are and leads from there. My third and final key takeaway is about how tech can be a powerful cutting edge to help people in the industry and of course the patients to navigate a complex and confusing healthcare system. As Mimi described, the mission of Fireflies is to deliver half-price healthcare that's twice as good clinically and emotionally. I can't high-five that enough. So thank you, Mimi. Thank you for your time. And thank you for sharing your tech journey and the wonderful and important work that you and your team at Fireflies are doing. Your tech may not be visible to most, and maybe it's an unsung hero, but many of us tech leaders and tech workers know the impact that tech can have. To us, you are heroes. So from me and the IT Labs team, our great heartfelt gratitude for the difference you are making to people's lives. Thank you. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Labs services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.